Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the finale of Eurowatch. There's been quite a few people who've joined us on this journey, so if you aren't aware, me and my wonderful host, Ritik Sakar. Ritik, uh, say hello. I'm only being forced to say hello because I've been tied up in Alex's basement, but hello. I'm good. I'm going to cut that to just say hello. And um, we started a podcast on Euro 2020 in 2020, uh, when it should have taken place. But we stuck to it every couple of weeks, every week or so. We got up to over 20 episodes, and here is the final one. We've given our pre-thoughts throughout this series. We've got into the tournament and given our concurrent thoughts, and now this is the final one where we get to give our overall thoughts what we thought would happen how it actually panned out what we learned from it it's, it's gonna be it, it's, it's much more of a, a chilled chat one isn't it really i'm looking forward to see what how discordant our thoughts pre-tournament were with what happened well i've got my uh my can of lager at uh 12 14 p.m out for this one um yeah it's 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 we're on episode 23 we've actually gone through wow. a full tv show style season um alex and i are or at least i'm drinking over the lack of our emmy nomination i don't know about all the other shows but um we've had a lot of drama we have a lot of humble pie we got a lot of <laughs> twists and turns here on your watch um and it's been quite a tournament as uh, alex alluded to he started this in 2020 uh, in all earnest, uh, to give you, the listeners, a much more thorough, um, you know, non-biased take on uh, uh, the European game. We had some guests on to provide some color. Alex and I uh, were providing that ourselves as well in the absence. Um, and it's been a great tournament. It's a tournament I was surprised by. Um, in, no, in, in no short order, it's been... It's been great. It's been fun. Owen Golds was a top scorer. So, you know, watch out for him next season. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Alex, uh, we, had a lot of, we had a lot of hot takes. <laughs> we had a lot of predictions. Um, uh, yeah, but um, you want to maybe Not start off well. uh, with a few of the things you got bang on the money or close to there. Maybe. Yeah, I was going to say so. Okay. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll I'll start off with one thing that I I think I did I did quite well on, um, which I'll be honest weren't many looking at it, but I yes. I, I think I nailed it with Ukraine. Um, I, I it was qu- it was quite late on actually in about March and February time I started to say that Ukraine were going to be a team to watch under Andrei Shevchenko. They'd had a lot of good things going together, and they were all right, Ritik, weren't they? I mean, I know they lost to Austria in their group, but Against the Netherlands, against North Macedonia, against Sweden, they battled well. England, they fell apart a bit, but I think I think, I think Ukraine well was good. So um, I actually, want, my best friend in San Francisco is uh, Ukrainian, and I remember watching um, the match against the Dutch with him. And it was just the two of us supporting Ukraine, and we were flooded by a sea of orange. I swear, it was like someone opened a bottle of Fanta in the bar. It was wall to wall, and I remember like just. San Francisco sounds like a place where Dutch people would go. I feel like they're, they're, uh, that must be like a place yeah, where you would think politics so, but and things no, quite there were, there were There were fans from uh, most countries that used to flock uh, the bars. I, unfortunately, went to some of the busiest sports bars uh, that SF has to offer. Without notwithstanding, I remember like just both of us like <laughs> screaming when Ukraine scored and like the 
death silence around us. It was it was magical. And I think um, this is a chastising experience for Ukraine, especially for uh, Alexander Zinchenko, who I think we can both say didn't have the tournament he would have wanted to have, but he's still a young gun. He's a great player. And I think under Shevchenko, you know, Ukraine will be a much a much better unit than, um, than, you know, this tournament would suggest. Yeah. The previous... Uh, yeah, 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 I think I, I think they've earned a lot of respect. And it's, it's, I think, what, this is their best ever finish in... Well, joint best finish ever in a major international tournament, I believe, because the other one was the 2006 mm. World Cup, but they also reached the quarterfinal, which Shashenko was a part of. So it's been a great... It's a, it's a great year for them, and I can't wait to see... Uh, what else they do? Fun, fun fact, Ukraine football's doing quite well, you know. They've, Shakhtar just brought in Roberto De Zerbi from Sassuolo and brought in, like, Pedrinho and Lassina Traore. They've, they've spent the money, <laughs> but uh, separate topic, that is. Well, it, it, it's not so much a prediction as, like, the first thoughts I had after seeing them play, especially in their 4 0 win against Turkey. I'd emphatically told Alex, I don't see anyone beating Italy. And that was just after one game. That was just after one game. It was a very, very off-the-cuff, um, you know, suggestion. And there were indications, especially against Spain and in their round of 16 tie, that, um, you know, um, people can make it hard for Italy. But uh, as a unit, I mean, they were amazing. Both of us have... Um, one of the things Alex and I jointly got right is how strong Italy would be. I mean, we tracked them, uh, you know, throughout their um, undefeated run in the qualifiers. And even given to the final, everybody was talking about England. Everyone was talking about, you know, how far they've made it. I would even argue that Italy's story is far, far greater in payoff because Italy didn't even get to reach the last World Cup. They were so bad. And it was at the point where, like, Bonucci and Cialini were also, um, you know, at their... At their um, at the ends of their uh, th- at the at the career, and both of them were going to retire career, along yeah. with uh, Gigi Buffon. But um, you know, Mancini came in and said, and Mancini himself was not having a good club run. Let's let's be very honest about that. After leaving um, Man City, he had spells at Inter and at Gala, and he did not do well at either of them. And it was. It, yeah, and it was a roll of the I dice for Italy to appoint him. But he came in, no pretense, no nothing. Him and Viale, uh, you know, at the scene of their um, heart-wrenching uh, first uh, UEFA Champions League uh, final loss with Sassuolo, came back, made a team, gave everybody a minute to shine. Even Salvatore Sirigu, who got uh, a couple of minutes out of the final group stage game. And he, he built this team. The midfield, the attack, you know, from unfashioned clubs like Sassuolo, uh, like Calabria. This is, it was not just filled wall to wall with Milan's and uh, Juventus players. Um, and it was just, uh, it was fantastic to see. It was fantastic to see how no one was bigger than the team, how everybody pitched in, how even Emerson took upon, you know, the role left by prospective player of the tournament, Spinozola. And he came in and he really just stuck his claim for like the two most crucial yeah. games, the semifinal and the final. Um, and, you know, it, a, lot of, a lot of inferences can be made as to, you know, England were the better team for, you know, some spells or not. But I think the team that deserved to win it did win it at the end, but only, only just. But um, yeah, Italy. Yeah. Italy was one of my predictions and I'm, I'm glad I got that one right. 
Yeah, agreed. I I think we I think we are the we might be the earliest people in Europe to say Italy would beat Belgium in the quarterfinals of Euro 2021 because we 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 saw that coming in what like November December right in the first couple of episodes and this is I instantly said I don't I don't think Belgium will do well and I think we'll get on to Belgium but since he mentioned them just now in the final England I think I got that I I can't actually remember so much of what you said but. For the whole pre-tournament, yeah. I slammed Southgate from episode one. There was joke, even if the episode, if the, even if the episode was about England, there was a Southgate joke in there, and it's fairly justworthy. But I think it was because he was playing tournament football in friendlies, which is incredibly boring, but it paid off really well. And I don't care what anyone says, Southgate, the, after the final, England heart wrenchingly lost, and he did make mistakes in the final, but he got them there, and he showed that he learned after the semi-final. I think the whole tournament was brilliant. And you, you alluded to that. I think first half against Italy, I know it's just the first half. That was the best England I've I've, I've seen apart. in so, and, so, it, so long. I think going back to Euro 2004, I haven't seen best, England going to dominate the game for that 30 minutes. I believe England could beat anybody. And I was just waiting for that shoe to drop. I was just waiting for that second goal and it didn't come and it cost them. Hmm. Even what I really struck me was the body language. Even the national emphasis, people like Harry Maguire, they looked so focused and determined. It gave me a big feel. I wasn't actually too surprised when England scored straight away. But yet, yeah, fair enough to Southgate. I think I said they would fail the quarterfinal. The one thing I did get right, um, I think you said round of 16, but I might be putting words in your mouth. I know I said England would beat Portugal in the round of 16 and then they'd go out to Spain. Um I was kind of right. They did beat a third place team from Group F, and uh, that that in Germany, and but then they beat Ukraine. Then they beat Denmark really well, and yeah, Italy just too much, like you said. But yeah, will you? How do you feel? This like is England a great. After this? this is you a great. Also, this like, is a great result for England, and people might not look at it the same way I do. I think it's a. I think it's a great result because you look at the progress. Uh, Southgate came in, got them to a third, got them to a fourth place in a World Cup. You know, got them to a second place in a Euros. Uh, the trajectory is there, and England have firepower in their back pocket right now. I mean, you look at you look at players like Mason Gre- Greenwood, Aaron Wan Bissaka. You know, even people like Eberiche Eze, Fikayo Tomori. These are great players who are reaching their peak, and they're not even in the squad. So, you know, to ch- the, 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 the talent at your disposal has just gotten, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think Southgate has licked his wounds, but he should, um, you know, he should, he should enjoy what he's tactically managed to achieve. I mean, Alex and I both, you know, talked drearily about, um, you know, the back three with Phillips and uh, Rice and how it becomes a back seven. Uh, yeah, and then Kieran Trippier. But, Kieran um, you Trippier. Know, I eat my humble pie. It worked. Uh, Phillips and uh, Rice were, you know, too dominant for anybody to cut through. I'd even argue Italy's midfield didn't even cut through them. I mean, Jorginho was playing a very, very risky game. Uh, Verratti was not winning the the man-to-man duels. And, you know, in the end, it came down to penalties. It came down to penalties. And they got the... And in fairness, and, it's and with, with a world-class save of Jordan Pickford well. in that moment... I mean, the, the, their goal didn't come off some great Machiavellian mm. ploy by Mancini. Mancini was out of ideas for this game. I think, I think that's very important to 
to to you know enforce. It's just that the team mentality was there for so long. Like extra time, it could have been anyone's game. Both of them pretty much clocked out by the second half of extra time. Both of them were going to take it to penalties. Um, but yeah, that's uh, you know, I think England have a lot to be happy about. And of course, the, um, the the negative fallout from the tournament will hit hard for a bit. It'll cause a lot of introspection. But, you know, Southgate is the man in front of everyone. He's not hiding behind anything. He was the first to raise his hand up and say, you know, this is on me. The players have done a great job. And he, he, deserves, he deserves an enormous amount of respect for that. And he deserves to be the manager leading them into the next tournament and it's 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 not far away it's 16 months away yeah. that's you know that's not a long time at all but um you know alex had mentioned in the middle mm. another team uh which uh was spain and i'll raise my hand up here um i called spain to flop even after the first game i said you know i was right uh there was so much uncertainty there was a covid um outbreak that happened before uh, you know, this toothless attack. And after that first two results, which I believe were a draw and a loss, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong. It was two draws and they were absolutely no, no, listless. Morata could not hit a barn door with a bowling ball. Uh, and it just changed. It worked. Um, Enrique got it right. These are young players he's playing with. You know, Ferran Torres, uh, Sarabia, uh, Dani Olmo. You know, you're trusting people in these big positions, in these big games. And it paid off. I mean, Pedri, rightfully, the best young player of the tournament. Uh, Sergio Busquets, you know, is a renaissance man. He was, is like, back to playing like he was in 2012. It was, it was fantastic to see. And, you know, Morata got his licks in. He, had, he was the top goal scorer for the team. And he saved them. He saved them in the um, uh, round of 16 game. And, you know, yeah, he missed his penalty against Italy. But, you know, they got him to the semifinals. Uh, it was good build-up, good end product. You know, Enrique is a man who's been through no shortage of emotional turmoil. Um, we all we alluded to this before in our previous pods. But um, I think Spain need to find an extra gear. I don't see this current team, you know, making it past a team like Brazil or Argentina, um, you know, come the World Cup, come the highest stakes. I I, I disagree. I, I, think, I think you're right on, on the current form. But I, 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 what, what was interesting about Spain was that back line had virtually no time together, right? Exactly. Like, Laporte's literally just come in. And, and you... I, I, you got to think, in 16 months' time, how good is Pedri going to be? How good is Ferran Torres going to be? The, are these players, well, especially Pedri, my goodness. I, I'll, I'll be fully open. I didn't. I don't think I acknowledged him going into the tournament. It's a bit Phil Forden-esque. Mesmerising. Uh... Yeah, I, he, I, I think he's... I don't know, maybe, maybe he's harsh. I, I, I am yeah. someone who thinks Phil Foden is a little overrated by... Uh, the hyperactive English press. Oh, I do like him, but oh, Pedri was beautiful the whole tournament. So I, I, I beg to differ. I think Spain with a bit more game time, a bit more cohesion, they could beat a Brazil or Argentina, you know. And we, I think what I've realised is for these group, for these tournaments, they do start slow. I what in twenty twelve and two thousand eight, I think they started quite slowly as well. Right in twenty ten, I think twenty ten, they lost their first game of the tournament. So maybe it's just a. Uh, it's just a preparation thing or something like that. I'm, I mean, probably should be counteracted because you you weren't wrong to say it, in the first couple of games they did not look good. I oh, I remember the one against Poland. They were just they, they couldn't. 
they couldn't. What, what the issue was, they just couldn't break into the box. Poland and were this just is forcing them to cross. I mean, and come on. It's so painful. <laughs> Poland, I liked Poland's defence, but they, then they really, they really turned it up. I mean, Pedri, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I believe he did get the most passes into the penalty box, most passes into the yeah. final third. He was top for nearly every metric. Yeah, so Spain, I, I, I rate Enrique after this. I would like to <laughs> go into Belgium now because. I, I called pretty much the entire pre-tournament. This is another one I think I got right. I've remained unconvinced by Roberto Martinez. Yeah, you made no secret of that. He <laughs> failed to convince, and so did Belgium. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just because the the defence was so appalling, and it's just insistent to bring up people like Nasser Chantley. There were just no ideas. I, I mean, Boyata wasn't that bad. Um, you know, you could have you could have stuck with him in a back three instead of like. Playing Vermaelen, who, yes, had one good game in their back three, but it just didn't work. And, you know, I, I looked at Romelu Lukaku, you know, that talisman. He was tired by the end of the tournament. He was gone. He was gassed. There really wasn't much to support him. And, you know, I, I believe at points, like, the wings of Eden Hazard really lifted Belgium and Martinez's reputation, you know, to that third-place World Cup finish. Um, and he didn't have that. You know, luckily, another, another Hazard stepped up in a big way, mm. but... Um, <laughs> There is um, definitely, there is definitely a, you know, a, a recruitment drive that needs to go on Belgium, and I don't think Martinez is the man who should be at the helm for that. Oh, oh wait, I was about to say, do you sack him? Because I, I, I actually asked, uh, I got got a reply from a very respected writer on Twitter called uh, Grace Robertson, uh, a very good football journalist, and she said, look, I, I, I asked her, what do you think of Martinez? She said. I think he's fine. But if Martinez had got England to a semi-final and quarter-final, uh, like in the same way Southgate did, I wouldn't be annoyed by him as much because England's England's expectations, the same with Southgate, England going in going post-2016 was, we are average. And Southgate just made a England believe they are not average. Whereas Belgium... Well, Be- Belgium, Belgium brought Roberto Martinez in to make the he most really of his golden hasn't. generation, and he's not done that, not in any way. Yes, the, yeah, of course they got to the semi-final, and uh, but it, I, I think his Euros really kind of proved, it, as you kind of said, Hazard wasn't as good, but he still had De Bruyne, still had Doku, still had Lukaku. I think what really summarizes it was the last ten minutes against Spain, where they um, against Italy, sorry, where they needed to get a goal. But all they did was just lump it up to Lukaku and lose the ball. And Lukaku's a build-up like striker. He's not a target really... man. I get they he's big lost... and strong. He's not a target man. Yeah, especially against Benucci and Chiellini. So, it, to me, it was a bit silly. To it, it just came across as if they didn't really know what they were doing. And they had a lot of time to actually get a goal. And they, yeah, they didn't said. threaten Italy at all. So, I'm with you. I think Martinez needs to go. On the subject... Uh, is there any other managers uh, you think any people uh, left field questions? Any other managers you think should lose uh, their job after this tournament? I mean, I think I th- Turkey Sinor Gunes. Uh, we'll we'll get one. to Deschamps. I have, a, Deschamps? I have a tasty bit of pie for that. But Fernand Chance, I mean, this was listless Portugal. I mean, yes, Bruno Fernandez didn't oh, have yes. the best games, but he took so much of flack. Whereas Bernardo Silva and Jota didn't have an iota of creativity amongst them. And I guess, and, and, and I'll say this, in Portugal's defense, João Felix was injured, 
and um, Zhao Cancelo had COVID. And those two, especially on the right-hand side, were a gigantic miss for Portugal. I know when they when they made it to the UA, when they won the UEFA Nations League, these two players were in the thick of that. They were really in the thick of that. And you know, I can I can feel bad for them because um, Ronaldo didn't have the likes of Quaresma and Nani, you know, supporting him. He had to rely on different people. And you know, there can be an argument that this team might be better without Ronaldo. But the fact that he scored their goals, he kept the tempo going up, he showed the aggression that the other players didn't have. You know, means that there is still a place for him. And I I fully see him playing the next World Cup. But I think they need a different manager. I think they need a manager with a bit more intensity, who's a, a bit more creativity and, you know, just gives the team a few more options. I think Fernandes chances, he, he's done incredibly well. He's got them the trophy, but I think, I think it's time he, you know, just uh, bows out with his head held high. Yeah, I, I guess, I, I think with these managers, especially international, you, you, there's like a spectrum of attacking and defensive. And I think Roberto Martinez is a very attacking one. But he didn't really put a lot of work in defence, and I think the um, I, I think Southgate leans defensively, but I don't think as much as maybe maybe he, maybe he does as much as people think. And Fernando Santos, he is a, the end of the defensive scale. I think that is completely fair to say. And they've definitely they've got so much talent in that squad. Maybe right. I I'll be honest. I didn't actually get to watch Portugal at times because I was always watching the other game, but. Portugal. They were uh, Portugal. Like, yeah, we 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 said pre-tournament. We early on, we had them as our favourites to get to <laughs> the, the final. Repeat of last, in the repeat of last for time. a few months. But uh, yeah, none of the semi-final, none of the four semi-finalists from the last Euros made to the semi-finals of this Euros, and that was uh, that was crazy. Damn, um, that's crazy. And going on to like other crazies is, um, you know the. Every, every every seven years, this happens to France. And this is coming on to Deschamps. You, they cannot survive for that long. <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing the France team that won the World Cup. Even the France team that went to the finals of the Euros. I was like, you know what? France have a, a supply line that's going to enable them to dominate like Spain did. Like win three tournaments with ease. But I think Deschamps, and you mentioned this point, is that Deschamps is a boring manager. And I think he heard you and took that to heart and said, you know what, I'm bringing Karim Benzema back. But when you, when, when, when you, hear, when you hear France <laughs> and Fallout and Deschamps, the first thought to anybody who was not initiated in the tournament would have said, oh man, Benzema came back. Benzema, you know, upended the scales. But... Benzema's probably the best performer they had alongside Pogba. And that team just capitulated. I mean... The finals performance against Switzerland was, they had they had amazing goals, but just the team spirit was just pitiful. I mean, on one hand, when they were, you know, at the huddle for the penalty shootouts, you had Paul Pogba making, you know, this half-hearted speech, you had Loris saying a few things, you had Deschamps, uh, you know, saying, I have faith in you. And on the other side, you have bleach blonde Coke bottle in hand, Granite Xhaka, delivering a sermon, taking these Swiss to war. <laughs> I mean, you could see that difference. You could see the intensity. And there was so much lethargy. Well, I think with, I think with France was more that, as well that, like like you like you're saying the off the fish off the field issues really got took over like the reflect reported as well that throughout the 
throughout the tournament, especially when they lost to Switzerland, the parents oh of the my players God, were in the stands Gravio. going I at each we other and arguing. Hearing her name, but I guess we're not. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Adrian Rabio's mother and agent, who is very, very close with, and there is a bit of backstory. Um, she actually, she actually lost. Uh, well, the uh, Rabio's dad left at an early age, and uh, it, it, it meant that she, she is had his to raise person, Rabio yeah. and the, the other children on her own. Yeah, she's she's gone to war for him, but it means that any criticism against Rabio, she takes quite, you know. Harshly, and she was warring with Kylian and Mbappe's parents because he missed a penalty, and with I think with, I think with Pogba's mother yeah. as well. It's just so crazy, and it, it like you said, it's, it's typical, so typical France. But it's so typical, I don't, but I don't see like even in the Switzerland game, even the Switzerland game, didn't they as well? Deschamps, he really he, he went for the back five. I mean, he didn't he have he didn't have left backs. Uh, Luca Dini and Lucas Hernandez were both injured, so he. I mean, he could have he could have rolled the dice and you know played Jules Kounde um, at right had had a back three and have like you know a winger or a defensive wide man playing left wing back, but then he chose Rabiot and that's on him. And I I don't think. Oh, he could have played. I mean, Kimpembe, Kimpembe, Kimpembe Varane, and Conte just like lost the plot in that second half. I mean, Conte just out of sorts. I have never seen him so swallowed up by the occasion. I mean, they were leading. They were up by two goals. I mean, how did France capitulate from 3-1 and, you know, get get knocked out in penalties just an hour within each other? It's 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 unconscionable. And I, I think Deschamps should take a fair bit of flack. But I'll say this in his defense. I don't think France should change their manager. There's 16 months left let Deschamps be with this team. I think, I think you know, he'll, he'll lick his wounds and say, you know, this losing out both of his left backs is, you know, an, un, an unconscionable, you know, storm of factors that could harm your team. But, you know, they did play well. I, I thought even, even though they drew to Hungary, like, they did have good, they did have good passages of play. Um, I was sad to see that Benzema's, in, like, Deschamps' insistence on playing Benzema sort of relegated Griezmann to, you know, a bit of a side piece. Whereas in the World Cup, like Giroud and Griezmann were on fire. And as much as him, as much as, oh, as and as much great. as Mbappe, you know, tried to act like a diva, you know, with Giroud, I think the end the end result is that Griezmann, Giroud, and Mbappe are a better trio than Benzema, Mbappe, and Griezmann. Even though individually Benzema has a lot more talent than Olivier Giroud, I think the ability to string those two together was what won France the World Cup. I mean, he didn't score a single goal, but Olivier Giroud was vital to that attack. He was the balance. I think. I think with. I think with time, though. With. with I think you're right. But with time, again, a bit like Spain. I think with time, those guys can blend, but. Question I want to lay to you is, I I agree. I think Deschamps deserves to keep his job at least the next sixteen months. But if Zidane comes in and says, "I have a club offer on the line, I want to take," however, if you were to offer me the job now, I'll take it. Does the French uh, national team give him the will. job? Um, and I'll tell. <sighs> See, or it, 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 it's a hard one because Zidane's not going to have a club once the season starts. I think it's too late. I think it's a there's like less than a month before all the major leagues start their games, and if Zidane wanted a job, he would have gotten it. There were rumors that um, 
there were rumors that he'd go to Juve, but Juve, I think, made the smart decision and brought back Max Allegri. There were rumors he'd go to Inter, but Inter made the smart decision and gone with Pipo and Zaghi. Um, you know, United are sticking with Solskjaer. City, Chelsea aren't going to change. I doubt he'll go to a Spurs or an Arsenal. Um no, PSG are changing, clubs not going anywhere. So I think Zidane took the gamble with, you know, this France team doing badly, I'll get called in. But I don't think the French foot and I I and I think this is a problem that lies with I mean it's it's not with you or me or I think it's with the general population of football fans is sometimes conclusions that people come to as popular they may be are just based on like, you know, not not much solid ground. The French Football Federation still trusts Deschamps. He's gotten them to two finals. He's won one of them. And, you know, despite going out in this manner to the Euros, it's a blip. I still think Deschamps is the person. He built this young team. Like, he put his faith behind all of these people. And, you know, it, it, it's showing. Like, the people who weren't, who weren't performing for their clubs didn't get selected. Umtiti didn't get selected. Uh, you know, Giroud was the second-choice striker. Um, he made these hard decisions. He put in Rabiot after a good performance at Juve, uh, you know, in the absence of Matuidi because, well, Matuidi is too old. Um, I think I think they'll give him till Qatar. Um, whether or not Zinedine Zidane makes up his mind to go to another club, you know, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I don't, I don't count out Real Madrid part three for him. Um, before we get on to our last... Well, we've got two Group F teams as well I want to talk through. And before we get on to the big one, I want to talk through Hungary because one thing I think we did get right is, especially you, uh, you spoke a lot about Adam Schlarzlai. We said that Hungary will not be a pushover in Group F, whereas many people predict to finish in bottom. Of course it did. They could have been second. They could have been second. I mean, they gave Germany and France... They really could have. They gave Germany such a good run. they drew France. They drew France. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll... Oh, man. Yeah, it was just... I, I think we really smashed it with Hungary as a side note. But yeah. Germany, you've got a bit written here. Now, Hakim Lowe, Hakim Lowe is gone. He will not be in charge anymore. I was it would a wet say part so. of an ending? Um, I, think I, I think I called it pretty clearly over Lowe's you know, lack of a right back. And I think that played in a lot. I mean, Kimmich was not able to be the player he was. And for all intents and purposes, Kimmich last season was probably the best midfielder in all of Europe. And then you're getting him to play it right back. You're getting, you know, Gundogan and Cruz to do defensive duties that they're not supposed to do. They got pressed out. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, they, Gossens had a, good, had a good two games, but then he got gassed out and he got found out. And, you know, as, as much as people would like to say, oh, the game was so close, any team could have won it. England deserved to win that game and they outplayed Germany when it mattered. And, you know, having lose, losing to, you know, England and your England's bogey team for God knows how many decades. And then, you know, losing that is a big, bitter pill to swallow. I mean... England beating Germany was a mental block of a game. Yeah. I don't care if Germany were not, you know, uh, were, were not the Germany of old or they were weak. England still beat a Germany team. I mean, this is England who've gone knocked out to like Iceland and Trinidad and Tobago and God knows who else. And Romania, yeah. This is like... And Romania. They beat what, what's in front of them and Germany was in front of them and Germany should have beaten them and they didn't. Um, 
It's, a, it's an interesting point you raise, though, because I, I think we like to, especially for some, I like to step back and really look at things as a whole. But I wonder if Germany fans will remember Hakim Lowe as the guy who ended the <laughs> England curse. Like, as the man who ended Germany's dominance over England. I guess the 5-1 in, two, was it 2000 or 2001, that, that maybe that was... Maybe, maybe that interrupts it, but certainly in tournaments. Well, I think this is the first time England beaten Germany in the tournament since 1966. Like, it's, it's crazy. So maybe Lowe will go down in the history books for the wrong reason on that. But hopefully his legacy rings true. Are you at high hopes uh, for Hansi Flick? I, can't, I think he'll do good there. Because I think at Bayern, no, I he think, failed I after think, he had I think too much he... time at the team. But didn't he... fail at Bayern. More is that he didn't want to deal with the politics. And you know what? Fair play to him. You know, absolutely fair play to Flick to make that decision. I mean, it was writings on the mm. wall that he will take over from Lowe. Lowe wasn't going to make it beyond this tournament. Even if Germany had won the Euros by whatever miracle, Lowe would have still gone because he announced it before. But he would have gone anyway. Um, but yeah. the one thing, I, before getting on to Flick, I'll say this. There is a lot of love for Joachim Lowe in Germany. You know, fans uh, fans worldwide would say, oh, why do you have any love for him? He's been playing so shit for a while. It's like he still brought the World Cup. He's was still at the helm of, you know, a crucial change in thinking from 2006 to, to uh, you know, winning the World Cup in 2010. He's still responsible for that. And he's still beloved in the German media for that. And, you know, going out this way was hard. I mean, you look at people like Manuel Neuer, Tony Cruz, you know, Mats Hummels, even Thomas Muller. I mean, he trusted Muller. He trusted Muller as a 21-year-old to, you know, be the main attacking threat. I mean, regardless of how he took him out at the end, I mean, you know, Lowe's still someone who's loved by Germany. And I wish he'd gotten a better send-off. But, you know, honestly, that was, as, as, as someone who's followed England through many heartbreaks, I was glad to see England, you know, be the ones to defeat Germany. But on the point to Hansi Flick, I think he has a problem that's going to be similar to... Uh, you know, the man who took over his job, Julian Nagelsmann, you know, taking over two young sides and deciding how much you're going to lay into the youth. Because let's be honest, Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry did not have a good tournament. They were they were bad. And oh, I didn't bad. expect it and they're I didn't really see bad. it coming. And, you know, he's going to have those decisions to make. Whereas, you know, you see there is quality around. There's quality in people like Robin Gassens. There is quality in people like... Um, Rudiger, there is quality in you know if you in Kai Havertz, even Timo Werner, they did Kai they did what they were supposed to do, and you know Werner did what he does at Chelsea, create space and you know run behind cent, um, centre backs and just have one other player you know come in to sweep it up. But he's going to have those tough decisions to make, and it's going to be interesting to see if he does that. I hope to God he brings in someone like Riedel Baku into the fold. I don't want to see Joshua Kimmich playing in. Um, uh, the right side of defense anymore. I don't want him to see him in the back line. I want to see him, you know, as a CDM. And Tony Cruz is now gone. Tony Cruz at the age of 32, 33 is retired. Yeah, he's retired from the German national team. You know, big shoes to fill. Everyone says, oh, we still have Ilkay Gundogan. It's like, yeah, you probably have him for like a season and a half more at best. Do you know, do you know what though? I think, I think what bodes well is that the man that, that Hansi Flick's the same guy who brought who brought Jamal Musiala into the Bayern for yeah. and used him really well in the Bundesliga last year at a really young age. So maybe he could be the man to help him give him uh, give him a boost in the um, give him boost in the national team. Should we go to the? Uh, we're getting close to the end of him, but going let's go to 
Germany's arch rivals now, <laughs> historic arch rivals, the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Now, obviously, oh they. they it, it felt like they were the, the, the team to miss. So, give a bit of a recap. They won their first game 3 uh, 2 against Ukraine, then they beat the North Macedonia and Austria. Oh, reverse order. They got to the round of 16 with lots of hopes played on them, and then they got outplayed by the Czech Republic and lost 2-0 after ascending off. But even before ascending off, they were the worst team. Frank de Boer lost his job, and now Louis van Gaal looks likely to take over. But still, I don't want van Gaal in charge. I I wanted... But I've been um, closely following the... uh, the Dutch media and the, the names that were put up, Britic, my goodness, it was aside oh from Louis God. van Gaal, it was oh Giovanni God. van Bronckhorst and it was Eric Ten Hag and Eric Ten Hag came away and said, absolutely not. But so it's just, he's got a safe. It, I, I know he, now, I, he would have been great, but Ten Hag came out and said, I don't want. Yeah, he said he doesn't want it. So it's interesting to think that just the Netherlands aren't in the good place generally managerially and goalkeeping. Do you know what's funny? Stecklenburg started yeah, the World yeah, Cup final in 2017 and he started all the games It was mad. It's because he asked for Celestine head COVID. So, we'll, 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 we'll put that up there. True, but what, 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 who would you like to see take well, on? You, <laughs> you're backing Louis van Gaal? When, um, uh, when uh, Frank de Boer um, was uh, was announced as Ronald Koeman's replacement. He's not the man I wanted. I wanted Netherlands to go so far off left field that they'd bring in Arsene Wenger in as much of a pipe dream as I was. But, um, I mean, you look at the options. I mean, <laughs> Van Hal still knows how to coach a Dutch team. He still knows how to coach a Dutch team. I don't care how long he's been out. He still knows how to coach a Dutch team. He was the man who brought in those young players. He is the man who blended in experience and, you know, youthful exuberance. And I still believe he can do that again. It'll be a temporary appointment. I'll say that much. It'll be a temporary appointment. And the Netherlands got really hard done because they were building something good under Coleman. They really, really were. You know, if 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 Coleman, if Coleman had said no to Barcelona and Van Dyke didn't get injured, we'd be seeing a very, very... V- oh, Netherlands could have gone to the semi-finals. Their route if was Coleman's so charge, easy. Their route was so easy. But, uh, you know, I mean, let, let, like, let, let's give credit due to, you know, the Czech yeah. Republic where it's deserved. They had a fantastic tournament. Uh, they played much better than anybody had hoped for. And, you know, they, they, they made it all the way to the semi-finals. I mean, that's... No, no, they didn't. They made it to the quarterfinals. I was confusing them with Denmark. Uh, They took Denmark to the sword as well. But, uh, you know, (laughs) it's after the... What a tournament. What an tournament. tournament. Five goals, uh, joint high scorer. Um, Sufal and Suchak doing what they did over the last season. Um, But yeah, um, who could have seen that coming? On the, on the last topic, Sufal, I saw a tweet recently that said Sufal's top 10 right-backs in Europe. On current form, I wouldn't form, I think he's with it, uh, flown under the radar. I would have had him for, you know, right-back of the Premier League team of the season last year, last season. Um, because as a right-back... Yeah. I think that's only um, because Cancelo played at left-back. Yeah, I think... Surprise, surprise. But I, I put, I put, yeah, I put, I put, um, I'd put Cancelo above him... I'd put, I don't know, uh, it's Cancelo Hakimi probably, Hakimi if he counts, then it's it's actually really hard to, maybe would you put Wamba Saka over him? 
I think yeah, Super Waffles are a lot attacking. I think completed. Uh, the well has run dry uh, on the my. Uh, the well has run the... dry on my defense of Aaron Wan Bissaka. He's just a different right back. He's not a complete right back. He he does the job that's told of him, and hopefully he'll <laughs> get better. But he wasn't in the tournament, so we'll keep our things to him to a minimum. Uh, Alex, is there a final? Is there a final? Um, is there a final uh, hot take prediction we got wrong that you want to end? Who you want to end on here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll just throw a couple out as well. I said, I also said that Wales would be awful and they were great. And the team in their group that was not great oh was my. Turkey. And I convinced you of the hype. Things, but I think everyone was. It was so... Besides England, this is the one that makes no sense. Like, with England, I thought they would be really bad and they were so good. And to the point where you just have to accept the humble pie, like you said, and say, Southgate, you got it right. With Turkey... I had to set the humble pie and just got it wrong. Because maybe, maybe it was just... It should have seen the more warning signs in the draws against Latvia and things. I did say the defence would be bad. But what was the worst it thing was, was their so attack. It was so bad. Like, poor Yilmaz. Yilmaz was targeted with the memes, but he didn't no get supply. any chances to do anything. Like, and and Chalanoglu. He, I, I saw something earlier that was... I, I think it was on... FTBL football Instagram account that said um, that the Chalokalu was Turkey's player of the tournament. Was fucking, no, it won't. It's probably it's probably yeah, exactly. Ergadan Kadir in goal, the goalkeeper. He's the only one who I thought did did well. Dreadful. Everyone they were the only Turkey team in the just, tournament, along was... with North Macedonia, who lost all three of their games. I believe. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, and I think they were. I actually think they were the worst team full stop, which is crazy. Like even people said they flopped. No one saw that. That that was mental. No, they didn't, they didn't they even score a goal. It was a great goal. Scored a goal. This guy with his left foot. Didn't even. I think it was in the last group game. I can't even remember who it was. That's that's how. No- uh, maybe. Oh, actually, that that was player <laughs> of the tournament. Cengiz Under. He was the only one who did anything. I'm not sure if he scored it, but he was. He, he was the only one. He, he was come away from that Turkey team held held high, but. Do you, do you know what we're saying? For, for, it, it, do you know what it makes me think as well, Turkey? Because we have got a World Cup podcast that will come out later this year, but this will be the first, last time you hear me and Ritik on a podcast for a bit. Do you know what I've learned from Eurowatch? It is to completely and utterly ignore pre-tournament games. Because if Turkey is an example of anything, it shows that it can... When the floodlights are on and the pressure sticks up, I don't know if you feel the you same. You can make mountains out of molehills. Or you can make, you know, you can make a dragon out of an ant. It's either one or the other. <laughs> that's one way of saying it. But, um, yeah, so that's everything from Eurowatch. Uh, what a time, what a time. And uh, well, we'll see you very soon. We hope you enjoyed uh, this series. Please feel free to tweet me or Rittick at Rittick Jason Carr. Uh, things you enjoy yeah about tell it. us tell us and what you'd want to hear because Alex future, and I will right. be coming back in a not so distant future and you know we'd love to give you the kind of content you want it'll be bigger it'll be bolder there'll be more voices and uh, you know we'll continue to bring you the thorough scoop and all the teams involved absolutely absolutely right well I have been you are expert and I've been Ritik Sarkar and we'll see, see you, you. soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs>